Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Who's Clutch Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. Erky Hurt. You know, I brought my brother from another, Jamil Brown. What's going on, bro? What's going on? I can't call it, man. I got the wrong number. Uh, it's a lot of... A lot of things going on in the NBA right now, man, and uh, I don't understand. Like, what, what does when you hear the words tampering, what comes to mind if you hear an NBA team is tampering? What, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm pretty much having offers um, set up or side contracts before the official contract, rather than a verbal agreement or. A pre-authorized signature and something like that. Yeah, I mean, tampering is like these. These are grown men. They know where they want to go. They know where they want to play. Now I understand. You know, league got rules. You can't. You can know where you want to play, but you can't say anything until you know the time is right. And to me, um, I don't really. Tampering is just like I, I just think that the league need to to get rid of it. To be honest, um, unless well, you, it, it's not to cut you off, it, it, it is like guidelines. You know, as far as when you could communicate with the players, like you know, they got deadlines and guidelines for that type of stuff. So if it fall out of the realm of those guidelines, then it's considered tampering. Right, but. I'm saying that it just needs to be, you know, eliminated because you got to, okay, let's just say if me and you was in a league and, you know, you play for the Bucks and the Sixers like you, if you know your contract is up with the Bucks, so just because the Sixers call you when the season is over means that it's tampering, I don't agree with that. Like, you know where you want to play. I'm not under contract anymore, so what's the purpose of you telling me that I can't have talks with these other organizations when I know that I'm not going there anyway. All right. I, I agree with you that you make a point there. Um, but also just look at it like what if it wasn't any guidelines, you know, players just speaking freely on a mic, whether that's on a court or press conferences or post game conferences. I want to play with this person. I want to go there. It's already bad enough that, you know, players start requesting trades. They don't – you don't want it to get out of hand like that. Like, you want to keep it professional. So you got to kind of, like, set, like, boundaries for real. Um, so I understand it kind of, like, both ways. Uh, it, I do believe, though, it, it is a necessity for it. All right. I get that. You always have, you know, rules and guidelines that separates, you know, us from the animals. I get it. Um, but what I don't agree with is, is that I should be able to play where I want. That's number one. Um, and you know, doing some research, that was one of the reasons why Oscar Robinson really sued the NBA because the NBA was really, you know, it was, it was locked in. Like players were spending their entire careers with one team and, you know, with Oscar Robinson, you know, suing the NBA, it opened up the, you know, the floodgates in order for players to, you know, request trades or, you know, you know, further their career with another team. And to me, um, you know, I think that's how it should go. Like, who cares if a player voices their opinion that they want to play with a certain player now? Um, I get it. 
remember when David Stern stopped that uh, CP3 trade to go to the Lakers? Yeah, I remember. I didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with that. Like you kept you kept CP3 in Charlotte for what? Like he wanted to play with Kobe and 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 get a ring. Like if he were to play with Kobe, guarantee CP3 would have about two or three rings. Would you agree? Yeah. So, so this this quote unquote tampering or for real for real, David Stern just 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 eased on in the middle of that. It was like I'm not letting that happen, and that ultimately led to. Can we agree that that led to Chris Paul not having no rings this year? I mean, not having no rings at all in his career. Part of it, he had a chance with the Clippers. Really, he had a chance with the Suns. I think he had a better chance with the Suns. I mean, the Clippers was just CP3 and, you know, Blake Griffin and hoping DeAndre Jordan could give you something. I mean, that's, that that Clippers team was very weird. I mean, you had Eric Gordon playing shooting guard, CP3 playing the point. You got Blake and DeAndre Jordan, I guess, in their proms. I mean, but they still didn't have, you know, and didn't they have Jamal Crawford? I'm tripping. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think they did have Jamal Crawford. They did. Uh, so, I mean, to me, I would tampering, you know, players want to play where they want to play, bro. Um, we grown. Um, I understand that you want to wait until the trade deadline and all this. And the reason why I bring up, you know, tampering is because the Sixers, you know, they are um, – they have been, uh, you know, the league is looking at them, looking at them too, you know, uh, in regards to tampering, um, in regards to, you know, James Harden taking a pay cut. You know, they're getting um, P.J. Tucker in a house. And the main thing that they're looking at, listen to this, bro. The main thing that they're looking at in regards to tampering, the first piece of evidence that they seen was James Harden opting out of the $47 million contract. I mean, $47 million that he would have earned this year. And then, you know, he ended up taking a two-year um, uh, $68 million or something like that. And they're looking at James Harden taking a pay cut, you know, as evidence of tampering. How do you feel about that? I mean, that's, that's weird. Very weird, bro. Like, how you going to look at somebody declining money as a result of tampering. To me, so, uh, go ahead, I'm listening. It must, they must know about a big move coming. It, it got to be bigger than tampering for P.J. Tucker and whoever else they got, uh, D'Anthony Melton. It, it, it got to be... I, me, personally, I, just to, to, to give you a side note, I think Kevin Durant is coming here. I think he's coming to Philly. So with that being said, if something like that happens, then it would be like it, it's tampering. This must have been a plan. You know what I'm saying? You got Daryl Morey. You ended all these dudes ended up in the same you know space. So it's just like that would be like all right. That would be a red flag to me. So even if the coach. You know, you know, certain coaches like their players. 
And if Daryl Morey comes over to Philadelphia and he has a few players in mind from Houston that he knows probably on their way out and he's signing players from his old team, like even still, like that, well, they, well, James Harden, he requested a trade. Right. Um, Kevin Durant would at this point he requested a trade. So it's just like it, it would look like a plan to me if that was the outcome. Now, where it stands now, uh I I really wouldn't consider any of that tampering. That's not nothing major. Um but you know, whatever. If, that, if that's the, all the evidence they got, I don't think that's that's right. But 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 even look at this, bro. Even look at this. It, I'm diving knee deep in this because you know, the Sixers can be fine draft picks, you know, and they can be fine money. Um, and the Sixers need their draft picks, bro. I mean, even if you got these stars, you still need, you know, them young fresh legs, you know, in there coming off the bench or giving you a spark. Um, but listen to this. This is another piece of information or a piece of evidence that they're taking into the case. And I quote, you look at someone like P.J. Tucker, great player. But it's not about him knocking down shots. It's about what he does, whether it's on defensive end or rebounding the ball. Now, this is what Joel Embiid said, you know, basically giving um, P.J. Tucker his flowers. And how do you take that and say, oh, Joel Embiid is recruiting players? Come on, bro. Come on. I think I think now the NBA is being petty. We can't give other players their flowers. First of all, I'm playing against them. You know what I mean? The media, we, you know, analysts, we watch and then we analyze. Well, you, know, you you know, it's a controlled thing. It's definitely a controlled thing. They don't want these players speaking out freely now. They choose to do it behind the scenes or whatever the case is, and it's not obvious. So be it. But they want to keep some type of, like I said, control slash, in a way, professionalism. Um, in in the sport, what I'm what I'm advocating for now is, bro, tampering needs to be. It do you think the league would be better off if they just, you know, eliminated quote unquote tampering? Uh, nah. So you saying you know having this, you know, this league tampering. And having this rule in effect, you know, keeps what keeps the the organization or the general managers honest. Like, uh, I mean, it just again, uh, you 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 controlling the situation. Uh, you bring in the professionalism again. You don't really want people uh, just speaking out like it just. That's that's crazy. Imagine everybody just saying, "I want to play with him. I want to play with. I want to play here. I want to." That would be crazy a little bit, you know what I mean? So you want to keep that, you know, under control. So I I I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, again, tampering. Anytime you do something, you're pretty much doing something out of their control. So with them not, you getting fined for that. Right. If they don't know about what's going on and if something happened under their nose, you're getting fine for that. So 
Now they also play this part too. Um, not to cut you off, they play this part as well. Um, they say basically that you know, if a player basically says he wants to go somewhere, or you know, you got organizations or general managers actually, you know, advocating for these players, making a push for these players, they're saying that it's it's kind of unfair to the other 30 teams. You get what I'm saying? That's that could, you know, possibly make a deal or create some type of package for that specific player. And in my head, I'm like, okay, if me and you, if we played in the NBA, you know what I'm saying? And I said, I wanted to play with you. You play for the Lakers. I play for the Kings. And I'm like, yeah, I want, I want to play with my, I want to play with my, one of my best friends, one of my brothers. I want to play with Mill. And then you got Charlotte coming over talking about, well, ho, 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 ho. We we couldn't even create a package to send to the Kings. Maybe maybe we want you. You know what I'm saying? But in my head, I know that I don't want to play for no Charlotte. I don't want to play for Charlotte. I want to play with my friend Mill with the Lakers. So mm-hmm. do you think that that's unfair to the other 30 teams? Like, do you do you, do you you look at that and agree that it's unfair to the other 30 teams that they didn't get a chance to create a package to go for a player of that caliber? That's one of the reasons why you want to keep it under control. Yeah. Like you, you want to make it fair too. Like you don't want to just be naming, just throwing stuff out there and it actually happened. Like just how you want it. It, it don't work like that. So. But, but then we got to be reality. We got to be realistic as well. When's the last time a, a major player signed to Charlotte, a major player signed to, to the trailblazers, a major. I mean, I'm not to- saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it's the ways to go about it. And, they got their ways of going about it, or they, they got their ways of how you should go about it. And if you don't, you're getting fine. Um, like I said, I agree with it for the most part. I understand what you're saying. Um, they got its pros and cons. Uh, to me, I just think that, um, okay, I, I'll agree with you there. Um, if I'm a general manager, I put myself in the general manager's shoes of Charlotte. And with the same example, I should be able to make a, at least make a push for that kind of player. Even if I know that the player doesn't want to come here and play, I still should have the opportunity to make a push for a top tier player in the league. Um, so, so, with, so with that being said, it's like, I mean, it, to me, I just don't think that we should actually have or penalize players such as a Joel and B giving PJ Tucker his flowers. You get what I'm saying? Just because a player gives another player flowers or talk about how great his game is because he's playing against him. I don't believe that that should be evidence for tampering. Um, now, if you have a general manager sending a, sending a direct text or a direct email or anybody who was a part of the, you know, the, the personnel for bringing players on. Now, if you have communication with, you know, with them, like, hey, I want you to come play for us next season. You know, probably while the season is going on. Now, I do agree with that. I don't think that any type of conversation should be had with players during the season. Now, that to me is tampering. 
if you come in, if, if I'm the general manager of the Kings and I like a player on the Trailblazers and the season not over yet, and I send an email or a text like, hey, I got another player over here that I think that you'll fit great with. At the end of the season, you need to come holler at us. I think that's tampering. I don't think that Joel and B getting on the podium after playing against PJ Tucker, giving PJ Tucker his flowers, like, oh, which, why are you giving him his flowers? Why are you saying how great of a player he is? Would you want him to come play for you? Up, oh, yep, that's tampering. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Um, I do think that there should be rules and laws that to regulate these teams so that way they don't, you know, you know, act on their own will on their own accord. So yes, you do have to have rules in place, but these rules to me is just too strict. Not allowing a player to give another player his flowers. It's too strict, man, to me. Um, and then looking at a player not taking money, like who are you? You're not his mom. You're not his dad. How are you looking at a player turning down 47 million? Like, oh man, this is evidence that they probably want to bring in new players. Clearly, we want to bring in more players because we, as we know, these huge contracts kind of like put a chokehold on these teams, and they are, they're not able to bring talent. That's why we see these players get traded or released or cut, so that way they can make room for what, bro, the salary cap, so they can bring more players on. So if James Harden is being a team player, declining the forty-seven million dollar option to bring more players on, how could that be looked at as tampering? I don't understand that. Yeah, that's – but going back to one of your points where you said you want to have a fair shot at going at a player even if you don't think you got a chance at getting them, that will fall under why there should be tampering rules, right? Because you don't want people already having deals with these players without them actually hitting the market. You know what I mean? So that's why that, that rule is kind of in place, to be honest. Yeah, well, I just, I mean, the Sixers right now, they're being investigated. Um, you know, electronic devices will be taken. Uh, they're going to be checking emails, things of that nature to see if there were any type of communication before the trade deadline. I mean, before um, the offseason started. Oh, it says here that uh, teams weren't allowed to have conversations with agents or players on free agency deals prior to the opening of free agency at 6 p.m. on June 30th. So, June 30th, that's tomorrow, bro. So, I mean, if there's been any type of communication between, you know, Maury or, you know, players to players, you know, the NBA going to find out and the Sixers going to be fine. And they might lose out on draft picks. Um, but I stand on, you know, players should be able to give other players flowers. And if a player decides to decline money for a new contract, that's none of y'all business to me. And, of course, he took less money or cleared the cap space to bring other players on because he, do he doesn't want to put a chokehold on the Sixers. I mean, and let's be real. Last year, my goodness, did you see the way James Harden looked last year? You look terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I do want to, speaking of giving flowers, you know what I mean? I want to give you your flowers. It hasn't happened yet, but, you know, I didn't know that trade talks was going to be happening this early. Um, but 
you did point out the fact that uh, at some point in time, the Celtics are going to have to blow up that team. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, they're good, but how good can they be together? And, um, you know, just uh, just elaborate on, on how you feel this um, or if you feel like the trade will get done between BK and the Celtics. Well, I want to elaborate on why I, I said that um, and, and why I actually doubled down when you asked me, even when he was doing well, uh, how did I feel about that? Because I was hearing people like Jalen Rose uh, shoot down the people that was actually saying that, you know, they should be uh, trading, you know, either J- Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Um, but anyway, so the reason I said that is because, like, they're essentially they're the same player. Uh, where well, they bring the same thing to the table. And and that team has a lot of holes that need to be filled. And in order to fill those holes and, and complete that roster, they have to trade one of them. Um, that's one. Two, they're not going to reach their potential together, right? They're going to they're gonna inevitably stun each other's growth. So – you got to let one go. Um, I think Jalen Brown would excel somewhere else. Um, I think Jason Tatum would excel with, you know, being able to have more uh, more control over the offense. So there you go. Then you also got examples like Dame and CJ, you know, CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard. Um now you got Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Like, see, you got these situations where it's like you got pretty much the same type of player, two of them. So you trade, you're going to have to trade one of them while their value is still high in order to get the value you need and fill out the, the, the roster. That's just the mind of a GM. It should be at least. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I came up with it, and, and I, I still believe that. Still believe it. When I look at the Celtics play, I never really see ego with the Celtics. I never see, you know, Jalen Brown, you know, kind of forcing it. Or, you know, now I've seen Jason Tatum force it because obviously the Boston Celtics is his team. And then when Jalen Brown needs to pick up the slack, you know, or, you know, if he's hot, you never really you, – you see Jason Tatum feeding Jalen Brown the ball when he's hot. If, Jason, if, if Tatum hot, you see Brown feeding him the ball. I never really see no really ego problem, and that's one of the things for me that I would, you know, figure – I would think that, you know, that's why they would break up. Um, not being able to reach their potential. Let me ask you a question. Is that pertaining to be the, being the number one option? Like, do you think Jalen Brown wants to be the number one option or can be the number one option or on a championship winning team? Um, Because that's what, he's, that's what he's going to want to be, right? If he goes to another team, like he's going to want to be the number one option. I, I think he'll trade being the number one option for, for a ring. So if you would have threw him, um, put him with the wall, he played Andrew Wiggins' role. I think he would have been perfect there. Okay, so so be a number two option with your with your man Jason Tatum, who you've been through the the mud with 
to but go you had you played it you played this you're you fighting for the same spot really they, they, they got the same they're in the same position almost like they, they you know they both wing players shooting guards and and they both need the ball to be effective you know what i mean so it's like it's tatum would match up better with a shooter let's say like a clay thompson tatum would be perfect with him that combination will work so when they had like Gore and Hayward or something, that would that would have been okay. That was a better mix. But you have two dudes that want to get the ball and do them and slash and do all this other stuff. No, you're going to, have to let one of them go because they don't offset each other. Well, you know what Boston thinking about? If we let go of Jalen Brown, we no longer are the number one defensive team in the league. KD, KD not a bad defender. He's not a bad defender. I mean, but I wouldn't call him a better defender than Jalen Brown, especially on ball. No, I wouldn't do that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this deal is crazy. They they want three first-round draft picks and three uh, dominant players. I think they want Marcus Smart, Brown, and, and somebody else. And now – do you think KD is worth all of that? Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and three first-round draft picks? Or are they just saying, if you want to get this this superstar off our hands, you're going to give us whatever we want? Well, they know the value that he, he – they know what he would do for that team. They are instantly uh, probably one of the favorites to win it he increases their chances of winning the championship, not just now, but in the next two, three, four years. So with that, that's their leverage. They know what he would bring to that team. So they're going to suck the life out of them. Um, yeah, that's just, you know, how business gets sometimes. Well, Boston did add Gallinari. I mean, at a shooter. I ain't mad at that. Um, and Brooklyn brought in TJ Warren. I ain't mad at that as well. And we signed Nick Claxton and Patty Mills. Um, I mean, listen, if I'm the Boston Celtics and I'm the general manager, I'll be honest with you. I'll leave that trade on the table. And I will see what Jalen Brown, Tatum, and smart can do. And remember, you still got Rob Will over there as well. So, you know what I mean? He's going to have a full you know, season under his belt with that experience, you know, making a run, um, sweeping uh, BK. Um, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, making it all the way to the finals. Like, you know, we just seen Boston in the finals, bro. Uh-huh. Now, to me, and if I if I know I don't know these players personally, but you could tell by how they play on the uh, the court that they don't like losing, and I don't think that they're going to give up that easy. Now this is the first time they've been to the the, the finals, so it's it's kind of like well them too. So if I'm a player, I'm like yo, we got to go at it again. I mean we we almost had it, like we was there. I mean we lost to Steph, Clay, and Draymond. You know what I mean? That's but we was there, bro. We took down KD. 
know what I'm saying, in BK. We took down Giannis without no Chris Middleton in Milwaukee. Like, we, you know I mean, we was battle-tested, and we, we made it there. We fought. We fought hard. So when I look at that team, um, I if I was a general manager, bro, I would want to make another crack at it, to be honest with you. You know, we can see whether or not if Jalen Brown going to, you know, you know, uh, reach higher, reach higher levels, or we're going to find out if they really can't mesh. Now, if you find out that they can mesh, if, if, if Tatum is averaging, let's just say 26, and you got Jalen Brown averaging 22, you know what I mean? And you still got a, a great rim protector in Robert Williams. You add a shooter in Gallinari. You get what I'm saying? You still got Derek White coming off the bench. You still got Marcus Smart. You still have these pieces, you know, on your roster to make another run to the finals. Now, of course, you're going to have to run up against, you know, BK again, but we don't know what's going on with that team. Kyrie talking about, I mean, it's rumors that Kyrie may go to the Lakers. You know, uh, Kevin Durant requested a trade. You know, the, you know, BK look like they get, but they're about to get blown up. So the Boston Celtics, you know, if you're in, in, if I'm a general manager and I'm looking at the debacle that's about to happen with the Brooklyn Nets, who is my main competition? The Milwaukee Bucks. That's my main competition. Because BK look like they about to they about to be dismantled. They about to break that whole that that's about to be a bomb in BK. And then what you also gotta tell yourself is even if even if the dust settles, Mill, if the dust settles. Kyrie doesn't go nowhere, and Kevin Durant doesn't go anywhere. Do you think that they they're going to have the chemistry, or the, their minds are going to be clear with all this offseason drama? I mean, it's hard to say. That'll definitely be something to see, though. Well, uh, I think that um, if I'm the general manager of the Boston Celtics, uh, I'm I'm going to sit there and. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make another crack at it, man. Well, pick, piggybacking off of what I what I was saying about KD, I, I believe he, he going to Philadelphia, and I believe Kyrie going to the Lakers. Then I would dive into basically what's going on with KD and James Harden. You know, it was that little moment that you know uh, LeBron and KD had when you know. Um, James Harden really got traded uh, to the Sixers. I think it was like almost during All Star Weekend or something like that, and they was picking their uh, they players. And James Harden got picked last by Brian, and KD looked like I mean he was, you know, of course, you know, making jokes about it. But you know, do you think that that chemistry there? Do you actually think that KD wants to play with James Harden? Uh. With 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 Joel and B and Doc Rivers in Philly, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So you saying he want to play for a black head coach? I mean, no, but uh, I I I know he want to play for, you know, a good quality coach, uh, good good fan base. Uh, this team got a lot of potential, man. And, He'll love it here in Philly. The fans are yeah, embracing. I, I think that's a, a perfect fit. I'll get rid of Tobias. Oh, my goodness. We got to unload his contract immediately, bro. Get rid of Tobias. Mike got unload. <laughs> Mike got unload. What's the name? Um, 
Maxi, possibly. We got to keep Maxi. We got to keep him. Because if Brooklyn about to lose Kyrie, which I think he going to the Lakers, they're going to have to get a, a point guard to help, uh, to, you know, to back up Ben Simmons. To play alongside Ben Simmons. So, um, I think that's that's how they're going to make the moves. That make a lot of sense to me. So. Toby, he needs to be on the first thing smoking out of Philadelphia, bro. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was so funny when <laughs> the Sixers booed him and then they cheered for him when he, I think he made a three. <laughs> he was telling them niggas, don't effing clap for me. <laughs> don't clap mm. for me. Oh man. So speaking of trades, um, give me your thoughts on what's gonna happen with Russell Westbrook. Now, last season, I mean, he was a turnover machine. Um, every time I watched the Lakers game, I don't think I seen him make a three or make a jump shot, period. Um, it seems like, you know, he's his his mind is really not in the game. You know, uh, what are your thoughts on Russell Westbrook? Uh, just like any other player, got got to be in the right situation. Uh, definitely got to have a coach that that knows what he's doing, uh, with an identity, and just not afraid to challenge the players, which I do think they have in, in Darvin Ham. But uh, yeah, I, I, at this point with Russell Westbrook, though, I really only see the Spurs as like the best fit for him under Pop. And I think that's where he'll end up just looking at how they just moved DeJounte Murray um, for really nothing. So I think that Russell Westbrook will end up um, in San Antonio. I think that's a, a good move too. And DeJounte went to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And which was a uh, after effect from what happened in that Miami series with Atlanta and Miami, how Trey Young just was they was just so physical with him. Uh, he was really the only ball handler. Um they took him completely out of the series. Like it was he was only having eight. Nine. He had more turnovers than points, I believe, in that series. <laughs> um, so that was that. That's why Dejounte he he ended up in Atlanta. They needed him, and I think that that was a, a great pickup. And I expect them to to play a lot better. Well, they need DeAndre Hunter to step up. Uh, they really need him to step up. Uh, I mean, getting Dejounte Murray, another ball handler. Um, I mean, do you implement him in the starting lineup? So you're running Trey Young and DeJounte Murray at the same time? Yeah, yeah, you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> so then that means that Trey going to have to learn to play off the ball. Yeah. Okay. You like that for the Atlanta, the Atlanta offense? I do. Okay. Okay. Got a lot of penetration from DeJounte very high IQ uh, guard, athletic. Uh, he brings height 
offensively and uh, defensively to their to their team. So I think that that was a great pickup. How long does Russell Westbrook have in this league? Well, again, I think that the Spurs could save him three years. Uh, you think Pop want to coach a player like that? Absolutely. Okay. With that, with that type of motor, you just need to, you know, somebody to to, to guide him, especially at this point in his career. So he did, and you just got to put him in a system where he could free flow, he could just rebound and go. You see, Dejounte Murray was able to do that. That's what Russell Westbrook is. So I think that'll be uh, a successful tandem. I think if you you add Russell Westbrook and, and Greg Popovich, I think that's that Spurs team will play with a lot of energy, a lot of heart, and that's that's all stuff that that Pop want to see. Think that um, he really could save us at this point in his career. I mean, rebounding and, and setting dudes up is all good, but Dejounte can score too. He was teetering around the triple double this past season, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I just look at Russell Westbrook' offensive abilities now. Like it's it's cake. Like he, bro, if he scores, like the defense just either left him wide open or he just got an easy layup. Like, I don't really see him making any tough buckets anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm, no, he's still – Brian is hard, you know, to figure out sometimes. I mean, did he play with Brian this season? Brian was like, what, 40 games? Yeah, and then they just, you know, the coaching and the offensive structure, it was just – they didn't get a chance to really show you what they – what they could look like. Um, but I, I never really thought that was a good fit. Yeah, I didn't think that was a good fit either at all. You got Melo, AD, Westbrook. Melo, fine. I just think the rest, the, the, the Russell Westbrook and the LeBron combo, because you need space. You know, you need space. And uh, I don't think Russ. He really provided. <laughs> um, Brian always had point guards that could shoot the ball. That's true. Even Della Dover could shoot the ball. Della, Mo Williams, you know, Booby Gibson, Mario Chalmers. I mean, the list goes on, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, Brian always had – had a shooter at that point guard because you, you got to have that space when they start looking at Brian in the post or double Brian in the post. The point guard is normally normally the one who, at the top of the key because he bounced the floor out. He the one that, who gets back if the defense get the rebound. So if they close in on Brian, he hitting the point guard all day, all day, all day. They gonna that's be bad you know, news when Russ can't shoot. Exactly. Bad news when Russ can't shoot. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of players getting paid. We've seen a lot of players getting paid, man. And, um, you know, my man John Morant got paid. Everybody signing five-year deals. Um, what would be – who? who's the the team, you know, looking at the deals that uh, 
looking at the deals and then the draft, like who do you think is going to be making some noise this year that didn't make the playoffs last year? Orlando. Um, Charlotte. Well, we got to see what's going on with Miles Bridges. Oh, man, he he disappointed me bad. Like, that's, the that's day bad. before, the yeah, day bad. before everybody getting their cheese, you get pulled over? Yeah, he was uh, um, supposedly beating on his girl in front of his child and all that. Beat her up, whatever, baby, ma. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My I'm thinking about I'm thinking about this uh this um ex NFL player who um dummy gets pulled over by the cops, got a suspended license, leaves, cop let him go, he gets back in the car, and I think they found like some marijuana or some coke on him and all that. Like, like what are you doing? Like what how do you get pulled over if that after they let you yeah, but yeah, domestic violence with Miles Bridges, and right before, like right before you getting paid, man, and it's like my goodness. Um, you know, my prayers go out to him because I know he's going through it, man. Can you just imagine watching players getting signed one hundred and sixty, two hundred million dollars? You know what I'm saying? And you just had the season that you had with Charlotte. You know they was going to pay you. you know they mm-hmm. was going to pay you. Um, so you said Orlando. How do you feel about the Cavs? Well, I love the Cavs. I love the Cavs. Well, they signed Darius Garland. Um, you know, got Ricky Rubio, Lopez, you know what I'm saying, NATO. Like, these, you know, players coming back. Um, to me, I think uh, I will look out for the Bulls. I will look out for the Chicago Bulls. I think the Chicago Bulls might make the playoffs this year. If Lonzo healthy, they're making the playoffs. I'm just giving you my, my, my little honest opinion. Definitely like the Chicago Bulls. Um, and I'll throw another one at you, man. Uh, believe it or not, if he's healthy, because I already know the, the Grizz, they on a mission. Because I know for a fact, I know for a fact the Grizzlies and John Morant, like if I would have been able to play the last two games, we ain't going to guarantee victory. But I guarantee you that it would have went much different. So um, Grizzlies won a game without job, won a game with job, you know what I mean, against the Warriors. So um, I expect the Grizzlies to come back full force. Um, but I think the Pels. I think the Pels might be able to make the playoffs, bro. I'm going Pels and Bulls. Okay. I'm going Pels and Bulls, bro. Pels and Bulls. So you said Orlando. Who you like in the West? Fully healthy Clippers team all day. Fully healthy, fully healthy Clippers team? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, yo, I ain't going to hold you, bro. I don't remember the last time I seen Kawhi Leonard in a basketball uniform. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, I got one more question for you, bro. Um, unless you got uh any other topics that you wanna um that you wanna bring up. This was uh this was um really uh hovering over my head for the past few days and 
you know, not to say that I have a problem with it, um, but the way the league is moving now, um, it's kind of hard to see it. And I'm speaking about Damian Lillard. Uh, is Dame going to have that type of career like Dirk Nowinski? Uh, no, at some point you're getting out of there. You're getting out of there. You're going to have to. <laughs> Bro, are you sure? Yeah. You're going to have to. Let's see Lure. Let's see Lure another player to Portland. It's going to be tough. I don't know if another player going to want to go to Portland. That's my point. I mean, I mean he signed a two-year extension, bro. Now, they did get Gary Payton Jr., you know, uh, Anthony signed, Simons, he signed. Um, you still get Nurkic. Like, I mean, I think at this point in Dame career, it's like he's seen so much moving, so many players demanding trades, so much flack that these players are taking because they're demanding trades or you know, don't want to stay loyal to the team that drafted them and things of that nature. And rightfully so, because, you know, I mean, you know, you're not obligated to stay with the team that drafted you. That's why most players, you know, stay a couple of years, leave, and then probably probably try to come back, you know, to the team that drafted them just to retire there. Um, But I don't want to see Dame rot in Portland, bro. I don't want to see him rot in Portland. That's what you're about to see, though. That's why I asked you, is he going out like Dirk? But see, Dirk, we would have said he rotted if he didn't win no chip. But Dirk got it done. With that being said, man, we're going to wrap it up. Mill, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your opinion. You know it always matters most to me. To our fans out there, we'll be posting snippets on Who's Clutch Inc. on Instagram. And we'll also be posting the show on Apple Podcasts, um, Who's Clutch Sports Talk Radio. Again, stay safe out there. Peace and love.